<laughs> yeah, man, I heard about the reports and whatnot. They were meeting with him in Tuscaloosa. They hired Ben McAdoo. Yeah, the assistant. Yeah. Yeah, whoever that right, is. Right, right, correct. He's offensive coordinator for the Giants. Right, they stayed from within. Yeah. Are you listening, uh, Dr. Kaysen at Valdosta City Schools? <laughs> hey, uh, James, listen, we were just talking about the uh, situation, and I want to get your take on it with Antonio Brown, uh, Pac-Man Jones. Uh, you know, I'm not going to agree with Pac-Man Jones probably ever, but I I think I'm kind of in his corner on this. I think Antonio Brown was, I think that was a pretty good acting job, although <laughs> Pac-Man got his awards mixed up. It wasn't a Grammy Award. That's given to music uh, artists. But he should have meant an Oscar or an Academy Award. But nevertheless, uh, we got his point. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I can't really speak if Antonio Brown was faking or not uh, because, you know, we weren't there personally. But, I mean, one thing that I will say that did catch my attention and was alarming is after Perfect did hit Antonio Brown, if you all notice, one of the – Pittsburgh players went to check on Brown as he's on the ground, and Brown reaches up to, like, grab his hand, which is that's kind of alarming in my opinion because in most concussion cases, when somebody's out, they're out. Like, they don't they don't reach for anybody. They're just on the ground and, like, they're out pretty much. So that did kind of, you know, catch my eyes, and I was kind of wondering, like, could he be acting? Because, you know, this is a very heated rivalry. Well, sometimes, you know, they, they get ticky-tack with each other, and they do they do things like this. As you all can see, Porter came on the field when he wasn't supposed to be there. And who's to say, you know, that wasn't, you know, something predetermined and planned by the Pittsburgh Steelers to, you know, to make the Bengals take it as bait, which they did. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. Pac-Man might be on to something. Or, I mean, you know, it could be a genuine concussion from Brown. I don't know. Yeah, Pac-Man also mentioned something along the lines of like a wink and I'm okay. I think some, some players went over and wanted to check on him and, hey, you good, man? And he and he gave a wink and said that he was okay. So, you, you, I mean, I think there are some things that Pac-Man's pointed out. You point out the reaching of the hand as well. That kind of signifies that there's there's a possibility. If it was a concussion, it was a very, very light one. Correct. And uh, the thing is, we'll have to monitor Brown's situation. But uh, another thing I noticed that Pac-Man did say is he thinks that Brown will probably uh, play and if he does, you know, you got a question like how severe was it, as you just said, pretty much. Was it a, a severe concussion or if not, I mean, generally, I mean, just a concussion is a concussion. But you have to wonder if it's as bad as it looked on film, at least. Yeah, because me and Monty were just talking to uh, this is Spencer Van Horn, by the way, me and Monty were just talking that the 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 real play of it definitely looks bad as most big hits do look bad in real time. And then when you mm-hmm. slow them down, some of them still kind of you're kind of like, OK, I can see where that was not as bad as it definitely looked in real time. Right. Another thing on this is Deion Sanders kind of talked on it um, about the perfect hit on Brown. And, you know, it's. Dion was saying if Perfect wanted to really light Brown up, he could have lit him up. And it looks like, at least in Dion's opinion, that Perfect kind of eased up and just gave him a shoulder as opposed to 
giving him a flat-out full-body contact blow. So that was another thing I was looking to see in that play. Like, you know, was that blow with Burfick's shoulder, which that's the case that Burfick was trying to plead to Marvin Lewis and the referees, was that blow that bad? If you look at it, at you know, at certain speeds, it doesn't look that bad. And then at another speed, it does kind of look like it's bad. So it's one, once again, it's one of those situations where you got to kind of watch and uh, see if Brown is okay in the end because I'm leaning to believe that he'll play. And if he does play, then that also leads me to believe maybe this wasn't that bad of a concussion if it was a concussion at all. Well, we'll find out Sunday. Or is it Saturday or Sunday they play? I would have. Yep. Sunday that they're playing? They're playing on Sunday. I think they have the late game. Late game on Sunday. Second. I could be wrong. They, they mix them up this weekend, don't we? Have an AFC and an NFC on Saturday? Yeah, since Saturday is completely free of college football this yeah. time around, which it was last week, I guess, too. They'll, they'll, they'll do two and two. Right. And then late or afternoon and late and then early and afternoon. Is on that Sunday. how it goes? I know Phil, me and Phil were talking about that a little bit last week. It's not, it's kind of here or there or whatever, but uh, definitely interesting matchups and it'll definitely be interesting to kind of monitor Brown and just kind of the rest of the Steelers, the Steelers team going into this is, are they distracted by all of this stuff? Are they distracted not only by Antonio Brown, but uh, the other linebacker out of Ohio State, Ryan Shazier, his hit and then the Pittsburgh coach pulling the hair. You know, there's just kind of a lot of things around this Bengals game that are really volatile things outside of football to be talking about, and you wonder if that kind of distracts the team going into their game this weekend. And, and the thing we talked about yesterday is, is uh, Roethlisberger is not healthy. There you go, too. And, and, and he can't throw the deep ball. Uh, we're going to see. You may see Landry Jones in this thing. We're talking with James Johnson. ProFootballSpot.com is the website to which he contributes. So check out his work there. He, uh, during the regular season, covers the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, James, let's, let's switch our attention other than the playoff game, some of the action taking place around the NFL as, uh, the Giants, uh, they promote from within as far as their new head coach. And the uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, they go to the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, they pick their new head coach from uh, uh, was it Hugh Hugh Jackson is the new head coach there. Yes, their offensive coordinator uh, that had been there working with Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. and we talked about him last week. He done a phenomenal job, but the, yes, the Browns did uh, finally. You know, act on making him the head coach. And I believe I read something today where he said he would. Very much considerate if they could get rid of Johnny Manziel. <laughs> I read that as well, yeah. Because Hugh Jackson, he did, uh, I guess he was like an interim head coach for a little bit for the Raiders, if I recall. And when he was there as their, you know, their interim head coach or, you know, filling in for whoever was the coach that was fired at the time, he struck me as a, in terms of his personality. I clearly know what he can do in terms of teaching and coaching, but in terms of his personality, he struck me kind of as a no-nonsense guy that wants to keep a tight-knit group together and especially keeps a good locker room together. So it makes all the sense in the world that he might not want to go with Johnny Manziel because of his off-field shenanigans especially. Well, they, they also said that they polled every team in the league. And out of 32 teams, only one team had a minor interest in Manziel, and that's the Rams. So, interesting. interesting. That is interesting. 
and Johnny Manziel in L.A. I don't know if if I'm a you know GM <laughs> or if I'm a coach. I don't know if I want that, you know, because <laughs> that nightlife might get the best of him. <laughs> So, uh, what, what are you thinking, uh, getting back to the playoffs just for a second? Uh, boy, we got some, uh, some really good matchups coming up. Can't wait to, uh, to see this Seattle Carolina game. You think Carolina is, uh, for real? Uh, is their 15 and 1 record going to go all for not? But, uh, or do you think that, uh, Seattle's going to come up and kind of show why they have, uh, appeared in back to back Super Bowls? Will they make it three Super Bowl appearances in a row? What are you thinking about this game? You know, I I do think that the Carolina Panthers are for real. Don't get me wrong on this. I just think that the Seattle Seahawks are a better variation of the Carolina Panthers is the problem. And as I talked about yesterday, I believe they're deeper at certain parts, especially the defensive line. It's, it's like Carolina is the Seattle Seahawks of the South, but they still, in my opinion, they need a couple more draft classes and free agency classes to get to the point where the Seattle Seahawks are. So that being said, I think the Seahawks will win. Um, but I think Carolina's going to keep this thing very close. And Carolina can beat the Seattle Seahawks, as we saw earlier in the year. And uh, this is a team that, you know, this is probably going to be the best matchup, in my opinion. I was hoping to see this matchup next week as opposed to this week because this might be the best matchup of the playoffs and it might be even a better matchup than the Super Bowl for all we know. We'll have to see. Next week is the championships, right? The NFC and the AFC championships? Correct. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of championships, I fully expect to see Arizona there, although Green Bay showed a, a little bit of a semblance of their old self last week in their win. Uh, Green Bay, uh, what are your thoughts? Are, are they pretenders, or you think they're really going to be contenders? They're finding themselves, and I think they they are contenders as of, you know, these playoffs. And even, you know, in the regular season, I won't say they were pretenders. They just were missing pieces, and they they were injured, and, you know, a whole bunch of things just went into the equation where they didn't look like themselves. And they probably, this year, they probably won't be themselves like they were in years prior. But nonetheless, Green Bay is still a good team with what they have. And uh, considering what they're dealing with, and I think, you know, they are finding themselves at the right moment in the playoffs. As I said last uh, on the last segment, these guys really found themselves in the second quarter in terms of an offensive team. And that's something hard to do is find yourself in the playoffs if you're struggling. You know, normally by the playoffs you know who you are and whatnot, and, you know, you're doing the things that you do well. Well, Green Bay wasn't moving the ball well offensively, and they started to, in that, especially in that second half of their last game, Eddie Lacy got going, James Starks got going, Aaron Rodgers was swinging the ball left and right, finding receivers. You know, he has a, a bunch of them there, and he was distributing the ball to each and every one of those receivers very well. So this is a team that's very dangerous heading into this next game against Arizona, especially an uh, Arizona team without Tyron Matthews. So, that's one thing we're going to have to watch out for is this receiver group and Aaron Rodgers versus that secondary. Uh, can can that secondary get it done for the Arizona Cardinals? That'll be to be determined. Hey, what uh, what's the status with uh, RG3? Uh, I guess he's going to be a free agent, is he not? Uh, yes, he is. Um, it was a report saying that, you know, he left a 
a letter in his locker room because he pretty much knows it's a foregone conclusion that they are going to cut him pretty much in the um, offseason. So I think he, he, his contract hasn't technically expired yet, but they plan on cutting him. They probably told his agent and whatnot, and they probably been in contact with him telling him that, you know, hey, we're going to let you go. So that situation is one to watch. Um, we pretty much know it's a foregone conclusion that they are going to do that, but it's a matter of where he's going to go when he is cut. And, you know, one team that immediately pops to mind is the Dallas Cowboys because of Tony Romo's situation in the past with injuries. Though RG3 has been injury-prone himself, uh, maybe Jerry Jones sees RG3 as a good number two that can maybe be a predecessor so it's only Romo when it's all said and done. Yeah, I know the Falcons were another team that has come up in discussions because, goodness gracious, uh, I've been worried to death. Matt Ryan goes down. Uh, what do we got? Ren- Renfrey is the our backup quarterback, I believe. Uh, Correct. From Duke. And, uh, boy, just just scares me to death. Uh, but having said that, uh, I'll be honest with you, and I, and I said this way back when he, when he uh, first came out of Baylor, he just looked very fragile to me. My words turned out to be prophetic, uh, and, and I hate that in his, d- 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 uh, 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 to his d- d- demise, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just looked fragile. He is fragile. I just don't think he's going to be able to cut it in the NFL. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Vince Young situation in that right. both these quarterbacks were standout in college. Yet another example, though, of top college quarterbacks not being able to withstand the rigors and endurance of the NFL. You know, I would agree. I think the NFL got caught up in a lot of a, of especially not necessarily the scouts, but the personnel in terms of general managers and coaching staff. They might have got caught up in the draft process and the height, weight, and speed aspect of RG3 as opposed to, you know, his endurance in terms of, you know, as you said, how long he could last in the NFL and him actually being a passer in the NFL. And sometimes that happens. But when Washington first um, broke the news that they gave away the picks that they did give away for him, I immediately thought to myself, I don't know if that's a good idea. And this might be one that haunts them for a long time. Luckily for them, they got their other quarterback in that same draft, and, you know, they didn't have to pay for that mistake as much. But that could have been a very, very costly mistake that they could still be paying for at this moment. But, um, yeah, I think that's a classic case of they got caught up in his, him as a track star because that's pretty much what he was in college. Well, James, brother, we appreciate you uh, joining us this morning. As always, we appreciate your input. James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com. James, again, thanks so much for calling in. What's driving your vision? Only RealPage Market Analytics provides 100% visibility into true submarket performance for rental real estate assets. Powered by data you can't find anywhere else. Market Analytics delivers the most accurate intelligence to guide bankable investment decisions. Drive your vision by seeing it all. Visit realpage.com slash see it all.